You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ukrainian forces have been bearing down on Kherson for weeks. We meet a gunner just returned from the front who says the Russians are avoiding direct engagements and relying more on artillery. Because they're scared of you. Я не знаю причини, ну, ймовірно, що так. Більше всього. Well, I don't know the reasons, but probably yeah, they're just scared of us. So, we talked about this some yesterday as the Russians announced they're pulling out of Kherson and the number of headlines because I was looking for a lot of information on this yesterday. All the headlines said roughly the same thing. It's the biggest setback for Putin since the war started or at least since he tried to go into Kyiv. Uh, it's a disaster for the Russian military. We thought we ought to talk to somebody about how big a deal this is. Indeed, and Mike Lyons, military analyst, joins us. Mike served with various military organizations, both the U.S. and Europe, uh, throughout his career, uh, and is a well-known commentator on a number of networks, uh, etc. Mike, how are you, sir? Hey, guys. Great to be with you this morning. Thank you. It's great to have you. What was your reaction to the news that uh, it was announced on high that the Russians were withdrawing from Kherson? Well, I think actually Russia avoided the disaster. So what would have been a disaster is they're on the they're on the western side of the Dnepro River, and they had anywhere from twenty to thirty thousand troops on that side of the river. And I think what would have been a bigger disaster if those uh, troops surrendered. Uh, then then you have a real Russian problem. So Russia, it looks like they're finally getting general officers that are kind of getting it, understanding the situation on the ground. So it's taken nine months. 
But in order to, you know, kind of save the troops and fight for their day, they've got to bring them to the eastern side of that river, knowing full well that the Ukrainian military doesn't have any capability to conduct a military-type river crossing in an offensive operation. So Russia general says, we're going to save these troops, we're going to bring them back here, and now the, the long war is on for the wintertime to just kind of shut things down. So I, I think that Russia averted a disaster, and, and while it does look like defeat on their side, it, it really is going to save Russian troops for a future battle, of which you know Ukraine still just doesn't have enough men. Well, it's interesting to me how many things have happened through this whole campaign that aren't any different than if we were talking about war a thousand years ago. You know, getting yeah. to the other bank of the river before winter. Right. I mean, that's yeah. that's some uh, classic old-timey military stuff right there. Yeah, yeah. For all the technology and precision bombing and all kinds of things, it does come down to geography. And, you know, Army guys like myself always look at that as well. And that this is what what's what they're trying to do. And, and it's, it's, it's pretty clear uh, that you've got to save these troops to, to fight them for another day. I mean, look, Russia's going to Russia. What that means is they've got this kind of fighting in their DNA for the last hundred years and the last thousand years. They're not going to stop. They're, they're going to continue to use what uh, weapons they have to, to strike deep into Kiev. They're going to continue to try to take out infrastructure. Um, you, you know, the weather, the weather in Ukraine there is not tundra. It's not Moscow. It's not this, you know, they're going to you know, like freeze them out. I, I guess I had a good analogy yesterday. I was talking to a friend of mine, and we, we said it's kind of like, uh, you know, southern Illinois, you know, Kentucky weather in the winter. And it gets cold, but it's, it's kind of survivable. So, uh, you know, there, there's not going to be this, this challenge. Ukraine can kind of sort get through this. You know, I was talking to another guy yesterday and another, uh, you know, high-ranking guy. We were talking about the, 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 where this thing's going, and it looks like, you know, Q2 of next year, at some point, these both sides will be just exhausted, and perhaps um, we'll start to negotiate. But you're not going to see Russia quit, at least uh, through the winter. Well, so just to clarify, then, I think you've made this point. The withdrawal from Kherson should not be read as some sort of trend or sign of weakness, per se. It's just a reasonably intelligent uh, strategic move. Yeah, exactly. And... We want to prop up the Ukraine side. We want to obviously see them do well. They're they're on the the, the right cause for for freedom and justice. And the Russians are the bad guys here. But uh, but Russia's just doing what they have to do in order to, to fight for another day. So again, I don't look at this as a, as their defeat. And I'm sure they're not telling their their troops that they're 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 trying to make basically save twenty thousand troops because if twenty thousand troops surrender on the east side of that river, that's the disaster. That's That would be something, that would be the big victory that Ukraine then could claim. Well, I'm thinking about all the times that, you know, Grant pulled back to regroup and just, you know, kept at it. Um, mm-hmm. Referring to the Civil War. Um, yeah. Not uh, Ulysses S. Grant, not Hugh Grant, not Hugh Grant just Grant, to clarify. Exactly. Okay. Um, uh, so I guess that explains why it was announced, because when I heard it yesterday, I thought, why are the Russians announcing this with... You know, um, not glee, but certainly with with such confidence. Well, I think you've explained it now. Yeah, and 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 so looking at other ways, like in, normally in a regular military operation, the, the the now the Ukraine's on the offense, they would call this pursuit operations, but but that pursuit stops at that river. They don't have that capability. They'd have to cross that river with three times the amount of men in order to have any kind of assured success to try to do that. And they, they just don't have that kind of capability. The, the West will continue to support them, no question about it, and that'll, that'll last for a while. But I think you're going to see a real stop in some of the fighting there in the southern region. So I find myself curious, Mike, if the United States uh, was tasked with crossing that river and doing what needed to be done, what would that look like logistically, and uh, what is it that the Ukrainians lack? Yeah, it's a great question. I think a lot of it, though, is we wouldn't put ourselves in that place because we would have now 
look to take in that position across the river already, we would have prepped that, that area and we would have tried to have cornered them before our enemy escaped. I mean, that, that would have been our commander's intent, but they just, again, don't have that kind of manpower to do that. So, you know, they, they were not able to take advantage of, of something that we would have done. We would have had the capability in order to, to really surround those 20,000 troops and try to make them surrender. But now, if we had to do that, um, it would take months of planning, and it would likely not – we wouldn't do it right away either, And given our, our military um, uh, kind of what, what we do. It's, it's old-fashioned, you know, ribbon bridges. It's old-fashioned people up front, you know, getting shot at. It's old-fashioned storming the beaches at Normandy. I mean, this is – there's no kind of technology that's going to do that. It's going to take brave people in order to get out in front and face, you know, face uh, the enemy in the line of fire. Well, that's really interesting. So even if the mighty – advanced, well-funded U.S. military, we're going to try to cross that river. It would take months of planning and to, to pull it off. Yeah, we probably wouldn't do it until the springtime. Wow, and interesting. We'd, we'd, we'd put people in place, and we, would, we wouldn't even try. I would like your reaction to this headline. Uh, this is from the Wall Street Journal, but I saw it a number of places. U.S. refuses advanced drones for Ukraine to avoid escalation. The Biden yeah. administration won't give Ukraine the Gray Eagles, despite pleas from Kiev and a bipartisan group of members of Congress. How do you feel about that? Are, are, we, are we only arguing with ourselves on this whole escalation thing, or does that make sense to you? Well, no, I think we have to be careful on escalation, and we're doing everything we can to try to keep the playing field level. But we're gonna, we can't risk giving them something that Ukraine decides to pour over the border into Russia. I think that's going to, that would escalate it quickly, and that's why they still really don't have Patriots. They don't have some of the ATACMs. They don't have a, really the long-range missile systems because they believe that Ukraine would use them to attack inside of Russia. That that would trigger then Russia maybe going into the Baltic states, maybe doing something. And they're getting attributed every day, no question about that. But but they're in it for the long run. I mean, they could be like the Chinese. They, they're, they're in it for the long run. This could be two to three years at this point um, from their perspective. So I, I agree with that. I don't think we should be giving them things that, that would likely tip the balance so far in their favor or potentially be crossing that border. That's just a no-go. So listen, Mike, I know your specialty is military analysis and you're not like part of a uh, Russian uh, study think tank. But uh, Mm -hmm. what's your sense based on what you've heard uh, about the the Russian home front, the uh, the domestic approval for the war, the support and and does it matter at this point? I don't think it matters. I think um, with one hundred and sixty plus million people. Russia and 11 time zones, Russia grabs people from all over its, its, its geographies and only has to bring a couple hundred thousand of them to the battle to make a difference. And so why you've got TV reporters in Moscow and there might be protests going on there. There's places well east of that that uh, have no idea what's going on that just get told to, to, to fight for the fatherland and they can, you know, can show up there. What, what Russia should be doing right now is training divisions. They should be training Forty to 50,000 soldiers at a time. If they, if they want to win this and go back on the offensive, they're going to have to do that. Take the next six months and do that. Instead, they've been putting troops in piecemeal, one at a time or a few at a time, and it's not proving to be effective because they're not really well trained. So uh, they still have tremendous capability, and they still have all that infrastructure. They still have all of that ready to go. And I, I don't think you're going to see this thing you know, explode from within. It's, they're going to still, it's going to go on for at least another six months, if not more. Great stuff. Really interesting. Uh, Military analyst Mike Lyons there. Mike, uh, thanks so much for the time. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I am well aware from taking in a lot of this coverage over the last 24 hours that his view is quite a bit different than a lot of the generals and whoever you hear on cable news um, who were Uh, presenting this only as a 
enormous victory for the Ukrainians and the Russians are on their heels and blah, blah, blah. Well, you know, the fact that the Russians could have all those troops captured um, is uh, sobering. It's not it's not a statement of their strength. Right. Uh, so, yeah, it's not a huge gesture of weakness, but it's a concession. Yeah, I think so. Interesting. Yeah, indeed. So, uh, speaking of battles, uh, we're going to have it. Uh, first of all, we have a late night joke off coming up where several of the late night knuckleheads made jokes about the same uh, topic and we'll grade them. And speaking of facing off, two LA Times columnists vying for the title of the most insipid, moronic column of the week. And, and they've really brought their good stuff. So stay tuned for that face-off as well. We've got to do a Warrior Foundation Freedom Station update of where we are on that and some hilarious donors also. So all on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We've been promising a Warrior Foundation Freedom Station update for a while now because I just I know a whole bunch of you donated when we had somebody with a lot of money say, "Hey, I'll match you dollar for dollar for the next thirty minutes." So that doubled the money. So that's pretty cool. Um, got some pretty good, uh, pretty clever fake names in there. De- you know, there's a there's a lot of people with a lot of money. I, I would say that person is exceedingly generous. Ah, good point. Excellent. Excellent. There are a lot of people with a lot of money, and they ain't doing this. Right. Very good point. $30 from DTF. Oh, my. Del Taco Fries. (laughs) (laughs) Die Hard Patriot, $250. And under $50 from Bums and Junkies Aluminum Can Redemption Value. Okay. Uh oh, twenty five dollars from the Edmund Fitzgerald sank forty seven years ago today. That's why the Edmund Fitzgerald has come up several times. Hmm. The big like they call Gitchy Goomy. Willie Brown's ex girlfriend in with two hundred and fifty bucks. Jack's dirt bike wipeout from fifty. Uh Armstrong. Willie Getty. Brown's ex girlfriend, you say? That's weird. What would cause somebody to say that? <laughs> I don't know. Oh jeez. The Thank giggling. You, um, I knew you'd come through for me. Gladys, hit us with a good tight drum roll, like just like you did back in the core. Here you go. Our current total: three hundred and eleven thousand dollars. One hundred and forty-three. Three hundred eleven thousand. Fantastic. Yeah, that's a good number right there. Yep, and that's just the update. If you haven't given yet, please do. It's an incredible organization doing wonderful work uh, for our active duty troops, our recently medically discharged people. Um, just They're wonderful. Uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com to give as generously as you can, you podcasters listening in the future. Uh, you're not off the hook, all right? Go to armstrongandgetty.com. So the stupid off between the uh, L.A. Times columnists coming up, also uh, late night joke off. So oh. it's all it's all conflict and and and, and uh, wrestling for supremacy in the next segment. Fantastic. Just stay with us. Oh, it's a nonstop action. It's, a, it's <laughs> like a, a cage match. Right. And anyway, so uh, the the topic of whether the Trump train has run out of tracks is uh, very hot. In especially Republican circles these days, uh, is DeSantis the new guy? 
Um, and, and Trump, with all of his uh, achievements and all of his baggage, is it time for him to get off the stage? Um, there was a flood of that sentiment yesterday. Eh, be, care, be careful about enthusiasm. It waxes and wanes, right? But I'm um, reading a piece in the Dispatch where they are not big Trump fans, but it's it's not about their thoughts. It's about what they're hearing that I thought was interesting. Um, and they quote various people who are not surprisingly saying Trump ought to get out of the way. But they quote a uh, MAGA Republican state delegate in Virginia who's a big Trump uh, fan. He declared publicly, quote, what many of his colleagues think privately. It's time to move on. Longtime Trump advisor David Urban told the New York Times Republicans were following the former president off the side of a cliff if they hang with him. Former GOP rep Peter King of New York, a Trump ally in Congress, said he strongly believes Trump should no longer be the face of the Republican Party. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu. Do we have that Chris Sununu yeah. clip? Yeah, we do. I don't know what number it is, but it's a good one. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, there it is. Uh, let's go with uh, 31. 30. Oh, uh, uh, Hanson just told me 31 in my headset. Okay, 31. That's fine. Next week, I think six days from tonight, uh, we're expecting Donald Trump want to wait for a while here until this whole midterm season is resolved. What do you think? Yeah, it's a terrible idea. I mean, it's it's one of the. I don't know who's advising the former former president to make an announcement to run for president uh, again next week. It, it's it's a. They should all be fired. Nobody wants to think about <laughs> politics right now. After, right after the election, the only thing people are going to be really focusing on, as you know, are, are, are their lawsuits in Arizona, the runoff election that's going to happen in Georgia. These are really impactful things that are going to uh, affect stuff over the next couple months that everyone's going to be paying attention to. No one's going to be surprised with this announcement. Nobody's going to care. It's not going to clear the field and after the 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 night we had yesterday again i i think everyone's gonna go yep what else is new and go to the next page and the next story so i just think it's a horrible idea i think i I get what he's got to say the the, uh um i i've heard a number of people say that he trump announces and there's going to be a big yeah not the not the just overwhelming oh my god can you believe this that he's hoping for Right. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, even White House, uh, former White House Press Secretary Kaylee McEnany, who is uh, an unequivocal Trump camper, suggested her former boss put his plans on hold at least through the Georgia runoff next month. And then, uh, let's see, the uh, blah, blah, blah. the dispatch writes, um, those betting against Trump's political prospects have lost a lot of money over the years, and he's been on the ropes before. They go into a couple of details, including January 6th. His hold on the GOP base has proved remarkably enduring, but still something feels different this time around. No doubt. Uh, I would agree 100%. The Wall Street Journal, the New York Post, even some segments of Fox News have abandoned him for DeSantis in recent days, as have right-wing provocateurs like Candace Owens and Mike Cernovich. Even If even they are jumping off the Trump train, it may finally be pulling into the station. It's weird, man. We should all learn a lesson about momentum or zeitgeist or something, mood. Because as recently as like a week ago, I was thinking... Trump announced, I mean, you get the alert on your phone that Trump has decided to run. It's going to stop the world. Now I feel like that comes out. It's like, whatever. (laughs) Well, and there was virtually no Republican to come out and say, Trump just got to get off the stage. And now it's a flood. Yeah. And that's something how it can change so fast. I'm exactly sure why, but I'll remember this the rest of my life. It's how quickly things can come and go. You got a stupid off. Yeah, L.A. Times columnists vying with each other for which can be more ridiculous. It's a battle to the death of morons. <laughs> Armstrong and get- 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Like many of us, you might think identity theft will never happen to you. But consider this. There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats, even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash news. That's LifeLock.com slash news to save up to 25%. Identity theft protection starts here. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Wow, Michael. First of all, that is definitely not Luke Bryan. Or that's that Luke Combs is who I wanted. Luke Combs. Luke Combs won Country Music Association Entertainment of the Year last night, which is the biggest award from all the shows through the whole year. And he is freaking awesome. Big, fat, bald guy. That's what we yes. need more of. Clearly. In country music. Big, fat, bald guys. 
One thing we don't need more of is awards shows. That's that that is the big award though. That is not a uh, that, that is All not right. like one of a million. I uh, I come down with Woody Allen and uh, and who was the other? Oh, Frank Zappa that awards for art are silly, but of course they um, are. Uh, anyway, uh, you know what? I, I, I got to get into his over. Are you allowed to say over and be his fan? If you're a Luke big fat guy who we wears want? flannel shirts, I don't know. <laughs> it sings about uh, beer. Uh, anyway, so uh, a couple of things for you this segment. Number one, a late-night joke-off in which uh, three of the late-night comedians uh, joked about the same topic matter. I, Joe Getty, will grade them on the quality of their comedy, and the bottom-grade getter will be banned from comedy for life. And then a column-off between two utter jackasses who write for the L.A. Times. Um, so stay tuned for that. But, Michael, are you ready for the uh, the joke-off? One of the most talked about races was in Pennsylvania, where John Fetterman was able to defeat Dr. Oz. (laughs) Basically, people hit the voting booth, saw Oz, and then paid no attention to the man behind the curtain. (laughs) Dr. Oz uh, losing this one is a huge blow for the far right of Pennsylvania, which, in Oz's case, is New Jersey. Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman defeated Republican candidate Dr. Mehmet Oz yesterday. In the state Senate race, Oz says he's just happy he doesn't have to pretend to root for the Philadelphia Steelers anymore. Yeah, I don't know about in terms of jokes, but that race is just so annoying to me. God, what a what a horrible state. And that's for the freaking U.S. Senate. For the House? Okay, maybe you get that quality candidate. But for the U.S. Senate? Those are your two choices? Are you kidding me? That's proof the system is broken. The man bear who's never had a job and his brain don't work versus Dr. Oz who doesn't even live there. Yeah, yeah, awful. Uh, Speaking of awful, to the grades. I mean, it's like when my dog poos. I'm trying to pick one pile of poo over another (laughs) pile of poo. This is uh, more graphic than it needs to be. I thought that was very restrained. Fallon with a D minus. Colbert, C minus, I guess. <laughs> D plus, whatever. Myers with a C minus. So Fallon's banned from comedy. I didn't even what what the, what the hell was that joke? Was that a joke? Didn't pay any attention to the man behind the curtain. For some, what? For some reason, that reminded me of. I had a couple of uh, report cards, like in high school, where the only C I got was in gym class. The thing that would keep me out of you know being straight A's and B's would be freaking gym class. <laughs> this so, got to be a pass fail. Uh, it should Jim. be. You showed up more the shorts they told you to wear. That ought to you passed. <laughs> well, you got to do the push-ups and you got to learn the rules of badminton. Clearly, <laughs> I mean, otherwise we've got a society where there's totally lawless badminton being played. We can't have that. You know what they mostly do now is exercise. I guess with the idea that kids aren't getting enough exercise, so we're going to make sure you get exercise three times a week, which I, I'm all in favor of. Oh, yeah, I thought that was, that was a lot of what my high school uh, phys well, ed was. Well, well, we did some of that, too, but there was also learning the rules to badminton and all that, and they don't do that anymore, I don't think. Thank goodness. So you're in favor of lawlessness. <laughs> that is shocking. <laughs> hey, uh, Michael, did you, did you say we're supposed to do a commercial this segment? Hello, Fresh. Yeah. 
Yeah. Let's uh, let's uh, talk just for 60 seconds about HelloFresh, and then I'll have those two freaking moron columnists from the L.A. Times. Um, HelloFresh is so good. Over 35 weekly recipes to choose from that get delivered to your house, pre-measured, uh, the, the meat, the veggies, the spices, everything you're going to need, except for the very, very basics that you have in your kitchen anyway, like salt. Um, and, and then you whip it up fresh, so it's delicious. It's home-cooked, but you don't have to go shopping and schlepping and then and, and figuring out what you want tonight. I don't like the way you threw off the word salt like it was a bad word but uh, you are right you get everything that you need except for uh, that sort of thing ingredients travel from the farm to your doorstep in less than seven days so you know they're fresh fresh is right there in the word uh hello fresh's 20 minute meals and easy cleanup options make for more quality of time around the dinner table and less time in the kitchen Oh, yeah, I, I will tell you, because Judy and I have been huge fans for a long time, and HelloFresh subscribers, they tell you what the prep time is, and you can go with simpler, quicker stuff on those busy nights if you want. It's really super handy. Uh, get 65% off. Holy cow. Go to HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong65. Uh, you get free shipping, too. Uh, HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong65 for 65% off. One more time, HelloFresh.com slash Armstrong65. All right, so uh, you got these two columns uh, in the L.A. Times. This The first one, Elon Musk is changing Twitter. Will it cost U.S. democracy? Oh, God. Another one of those, are we going to lose our democracy? Yeah. Columns. Listen, listen to this uh, uh, overheated rhetoric. I mean, it's like overheated to the point that it's caught fire and it's now a cinder. It's been less than a month. But how tired are we already of hearing about Elon Musk and Twitter? Here we are, the world's richest man seems intent on throwing gasoline on the hate, lies, and propaganda that already plagued the world's most powerful method of communication. Okay, i got to stop you right there. Uh, what are you basing that on? It, that's the opposite of everything he has stated. So what are you basing that on? Well, and the world's most powerful method of communication. Yeah, and the, Wait, what, what? where'd that come from? <laughs> yeah, wow. For you and oh. your friends, which are 1% of the population, we went through those numbers yesterday. Yeah, far-left journalists. Yeah. All this is happening during a volatile election when we expect far-right vote fraud conspiracy theorists, Christian nationalists, and a troubling contingent of American fascists to dispute reliable results in a continuing bid to undermine our legitimate government. <laughs> Um, that stuff didn't happen. Which means for those who care about fair elections, democracy, and protecting vulnerable groups from attack, that we have to pay attention to what is happening at Twitter, whether we like it or not. Oh, God. Oh, God, it just goes on in this vein. It's just so bad and so stupid. Anita Chabria, 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 really good effort, really strong. I mean, if you're trying to write a steaming pile of crap, you've done well, but we have to look to Michael Hiltzik of the LA Times for for his stalwart effort. His column, The One-Sided Debate About School Closings. Um, Yes, it's been one-sided, but listen to this. If there's one aspect of pandemic policy that seems to have elicited agreement across the political spectrum, it's that closing schools and keeping them closed into 2021 was a blunder. Yeah, it, I appreciate him saying that. Then he says, uh, the consequences of extended school closures were brought home vividly with the release of the terrible, terrible scores, he mentions. Um, even before then, opinion was coalescing around the idea that schools should have remained open. Even Kathy Hochul, the insufferable uh, Democrat governor of New York, said 
Uh, as I said, then he references Ron DeSantis. Yet there's much more to consider. The question that never gets raised, much less answered when the conversation turns to how bad the school closures were, is compared to what? What his argument is, is it would have been far worse had we not kept the schools closed. What would have happened had schools remained open without any mitigation members? One obvious answer is that nearly all children would have gotten COVID, as would everyone they live with and most school employees. Almost all children did get COVID. According to the CDC themselves, it's, is it 84 or 87%? But it's, it's damn near 9 out of 10 kids have had COVID. So, okay. Then he says the debate over school closings, like so much pandemic-related discussion, is infected with myths, misinformation, and ignorance. Yeah, on the left, it is, Michael. It's proper to note first that when the initial school closings began, we didn't know much about it. Yeah, right, exactly. Pressure to reopen schools started immediately based on assumptions that the virus was no greater health threat than the flu and that children were immune. Nobody said that. No, and it turned out it wasn't a very great threat. The numbers are there on the CDC's website. You can look them up. How many kids died from COVID over the last three years is very small. That includes everyone under 18, and a whole bunch of those had other health problems. <sighs> so then um, uh, he, he mentions that when Florida opens its schools in August 2021, banned remote teaching, child COVID deaths in the state more than doubled from like none to two or something. Right. It had um, to be and that, tiny. Could have been, that could have been coincident anyway. Um, well, just look it, to private schools anywhere in the country. <clears throat> the private school that's a mile away from the public school that was open. Yeah. Well, see, that's the thing. He barely touches on red states where uh, anti-closure policies were typically uh, more popular. Uh, hospitals across the southeast overrun with patients during the Delta and Omicron surges in 2021 and earlier this year, completely ignoring how the surge happened here, then it happened there, then it happened over there. And when policy A was getting it in the shorts, everybody who was in favor of policy B would say, look at policy A, see, they're getting it. Then the next freaking month. The place that was pointing fingers got hammered every bit as hard with the opposite policies. He doesn't mention private schools right down the street from the public schools that were still closed. It's a remarkable act of cherry-picking and dishonesty. And I can't believe we're even having this conversation again, but we quoted the L.A. Times so many times where they pointed out in the L.A. area, 50% of the people in in the hospital emergency room with COVID came in with something else and got tested positive for COVID. Right, right. Yeah, it's possible that keeping schools closed was a big mistake, he, he he ends with. But we don't know. What's worse, we're not asking the right questions. Those who make this claim should honestly grapple with what would have happened had nothing been done. Nobody suggested nothing should be done. Stop building, like, not even good straw men. Not even like you took a little time at Halloween and made a decent straw man. These are crappy straw men. Uh, you've got to reckon with that rather than indulge in absurd revisionist fantasy that everything would have been fine and dandy. Again, at least take the time to make a good straw man before you knock it down, you lying liars. So I like your competing stupid columns. The 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 second one, that one, seems to be somebody who's just disingenuous 
willingly or unwillingly about the facts. The first person seems like they've got an emotional problem, and I can understand why the New York Times did that article about five ways to cope with the stress of the election, breathing exercises for someone like that. And I would like to point out, and again, where are you coming up with this fear of Elon and, and tweeting? So here's Elon's tweets from yesterday after he had tweeted out, I would like divided government. I think it's good, so vote Republican. He tweeted this yesterday. To be clear, my historical party affiliation has been independent with an actual voting history of entirely Democrat until this year. I'm also open to the idea of voting Democrat again in the future. So what is exactly the whole, your fear of what? Throwing gasoline on the hate lies and propaganda that already plagued the world's most powerful method of communication. From a guy who's voted Democrat his entire life. So for sheer ridiculousness, you got to look to that Anita Shabria column about Elon Musk. But in terms of significance, which matters, the crown goes to Michael Hiltzig with his crazily trying to back up his own, you know, devotion to the teachers union and the Democratic parties, keeping the schools closed long, long, long after Europe and private schools and red states had them open and were doing fine. So, Michael, congratulations. You win the race to the bottom. The great L.A. Times poop off. <laughs> Matter. That's right, Johnny. If I'm trying to start an awards show or something, I think I'm coming up with a different name. I just, I just don't think that's going to have the appeal. You're open. Uh, we have so many things to talk about, uh, whether it's election or inflation news that's out today or whatever. And Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hi, I'm Cindy Crawford, and I'm the founder of Meaningful Beauty. 
Well, I don't know about you, but like, I never liked being told, oh, wow, you look so good for your age. Like, why even bother saying that? Why don't you just say you look great at any age, every age? That's what Meaningful Beauty is all about. We create products that make you feel confident in your skin at the age you are now. Meaningful Beauty. Beautiful skin at every age. Learn more at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yeah, the midterms are over and there are winners and obviously there are losers who have to make a concession speech. So as a service, we thought we'd help them out by giving them some lines that they can use to start off those concession speeches. For instance, there's, good evening, the open bar is now a cash bar. <laughs> Gotta pay for that. Gotta pay for that. Next there's, so anyone know if I can unadopt that dog I got for the campaign? Yeah. Well, this won't work. Next year is, well, now I know what it feels like to work at Twitter. <laughs> and finally, it's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. They just gotta own it. They just gotta own it. I like the, uh, <laughs> anybody want the dog that oh, I got for my campaign ads? <laughs> Hilarious. Um, uh, and that, that makes me mad, you know, don't want to turn into the whole Twitter laying people off. Zuckerberg lays off 10,000 people with plans to lay off tens of thousands more. Not, not a story about him. Uh, the wrath of Mark. Twitter also struggling financially lays people off. Elon's evil. All right, whatever. Oh, he's evil because he once said he might vote for Republicans. Yeah, unbelievable. So, hey, go ahead. Good news, good news. You folks are really coming through for Warrior Foundation Freedom Station, giving generously. Yar, whale off the port bow. Wow, that's a big whale. The combination of generosity and humor. Is that whale okay? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Speaking speaking whaleese. Such a whale Chinese meal has contributed five thousand dollars. Wow, that's a good that's a good one right there. We ought to play that clip in their honor. But, what uh, whether... is the charge? Eating a meal, a succulent Chinese meal. Yes, yes, one of my favorite clips of all time. That whole thing. Anyway, uh, go to armstrongandgetty.com. Give as generously as you can. We're, we're trying to raise at least half a million dollars this week for our brave fighting men and women. Warrior Foundation Freedom Station does miraculous work. You should support them. That whale was either in the process of making new baby whales or at a dentist appointment. I don't know which. They sound the same sometimes, so it's hard to tell. Uh, so Dave Chappelle is supposed to host Saturday Night Live this weekend. Oh, wow. Oh, not good because of its what? transphobic comments oh, he made on Netflix. shut up. Oh, my. SNL staff writers are boycotting working on SNL for this weekend with Dave Chappelle as the host. Fire him. Fire them all. There are lots of funny people. Unrest at 30 Rock, says the New York Post, over the decision to sign Dave Chappelle. We are told, says the New York Post, that some staff writers are so furious that the comedy superstar, who the, who the New York Post says, who has made transphobic and homophobic jokes. Did you watch the special? What, what, what about that was transphobic? We talked about that so much at the time. Anyway, I can't believe the New York Post bought into the left version of, the, of his comments on that. 
Um, uh, none of the actors are boycotting, boycotting, but the writers are. And, uh, and there was one more thing I wanted to add to that. Bu, 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 bu. Oh, so Chappelle was at 30 Rock on Tuesday. Obviously, if you know anything about the way SNL works, the host is there all week long, writing and working on sketches and that sort of thing. Chappelle was at 30 Rock on Tuesday, meeting with writers and producers, and his rep told us there was no evidence of a boycott. The room was full of writers. They all pitched ideas, and they seemed to be excited about it. Dave is looking forward to having fun. After the announcement, SNL writer somebody or so uh, wrote on Instagram, I'm trans and non-binary. I use they, them pronouns. Transphobia is murder and should be condemned. Transphobia is murder? You know what's interesting is how often often you hear he's made transphobic comments or homophobic comments or racist comments when you could in like maybe two more words say precisely what he said. But they don't. They never do. But this is the New York Post, and they didn't even throw in the some call them transphobic. They just stated him as if it's agreed upon, of course, that they're transphobic. Did you watch the Netflix special? Didn't seem that transphobic. Actually, it seemed the opposite. Some of it was pretty edgy, but, you know. Like I said said earlier, I'm just so worn out by the, you're a homophobe, you're a transphobe, you're a xenophobe, you're an Islamophobe. No, you know what you are? You're a pain in the ass. Why don't you let people speak their minds and let ideas compete? Well, I don't know how about uh, how I feel about being able to just state w- various words are murder, and it goes unchallenged also. Oh, no, that's ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. Anyway, we'll see how that works uh, tomorrow night on Saturday Night Live, or if Dave Chappelle even, not tomorrow night, Saturday night, or if he addresses the subject, which he might. He's that kind of guy. He has yeah. got, I don't need to care money, so... Yeah, indeed. So next hour, I want to get to, speaking of that sort of thing, why it matters, the whole pronouns thing. It's much more insidious than uh, you might think. Hmm. If you don't get the next hour, grab it via podcast later, Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Yep. Uh, Please give to Warrior Foundation. Go to armstrongandgetty.com if you want to do that. Armstrong and Getty. Hey, guys. Back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah. And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ah, love that. A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in. Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it. Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby. Wait. Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com iHeart. That's l e e s a dot com slash iHeart.